Welcome back. Welcome back to Black Wall Street Today. It's about love. <laughs> Look, it's about love and going back to that and us loving each other enough to know that we need support in all that we do. And that's the village. And that's the village. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Wouldn't you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham? Well, the link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 135th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Let's go ahead and get to our first guest. Talking now with Jay Carter. Jay is an educator of 14 years. She's passionate about Black folks, mainly the youth and our future. She's the author of Stop Effing Settling, a written collection of her reflections, thoughts, and beliefs. She's also launching a self-love subscription box called The Glow Up Box and is currently working on a homeschool curriculum and resources to provide parents the necessary tools to facilitate their own children's education. Welcome to the show, Jay. How are you? Oh, guys, you're amazing. Can I get a copy of that? <laughs> Can I get a copy of that? That was like, <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Excited to have you here. I think this is a, a pertinent conversation, um, especially, you know, just thinking about the education piece. And, um, you know, I am a fellow homeschooler, homeschool for five years. Oh, awesome. Um, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite quite the journey um and so i'm just curious to hear your vantage point you know what are your thoughts on on homeschooling why why are you looking to kind of monetize um, the curriculum piece um well um after 14 years in education i just and then ending my last year in the 12th grade um english (laughs) it's just i see the detriment of the public school system. Um, it's more of a hindrance to definitely black children, definitely on an upscale of, um, it's just, it's our identity and purpose are lost in the school system. And I feel like um, in order to regain that, our children need to be brought back home, honestly, and um, restructured in a way that it feeds them I, you know, like it's, I don't know. I, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep or anything. Well, no, I mean, that's, crossing, that's really, now. so let me give you some context. That's really okay. the, the, the purpose of the conversation, right? Is to go ahead and go all the way there. I don't share this story often because I shared it once and it brought my daughter to tears. I don't think she realized why I was removing her from a, a private school environment. And it was because the head of school was perpetuating racism in ways that um, just made me really, really uncomfortable, you know? Um, And it was, of course, during a time where, you know, police brutality, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she had chosen to make some decisions to make the white students and the white parents comfortable, you know, rather than admitting to kind of the truth of what we were experiencing. And I had to bring it to her attention. And then we had to deal with, you know, we had to deal with with white tears and white fragility. And um, and I had to deal with, you know, 
we're going to have to homeschool because I don't really feel like what we are, um, what we're looking for really exists. Um, so, so that's kind of my backdrop. So okay. say well, more, say more, you know? Okay. So it became personal this year. Um, the advocating that I've always done has been for kids and just reminding or just trying to be that, that one to see, to set the example or to show why we're still in the classroom. Cause I'm in the classroom for the child. Not a number, not a test, not any of that good stuff. I want that child to be successful in whatever avenue they decide to, to take. I don't want to prepare a child for the world of work. I don't want to prepare a child for college because that's not what our children are made for. They're not made to go from one system to the next. I just don't, I don't feel that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that um, grades should be attached to a child, especially so early on. I might look, and this is when it became personal this year. My my first my I'm a little first grader. Okay, so before I had children, I said that um, I would homeschool. Like after working in middle school, I said, "Oh, middle school is treacherous as far as the kids go, as far as the workload goes." And then I learned more about special education and the labeling, and I said, "Yeah, no, nah, this isn't for my child because I never went to the elementary level." So I'm like, "Okay, K through five. When I was in the fifth grade when I decided I wanted to be a teacher. So I felt like, okay, elementary, we're still striving. We're still, you know, trying to get our identity or trying to figure out our purpose. We're still there. Um, my child's in the first grade. This year, she um, received two E's <laughs> um, virtually. And two subjects that she loves dearly. Science, we have, we do science experiments. You know, slime is a thing. So we make slime all the time. She talks about all that good stuff. And then reading, something that, you know, since we've been at home since last year, it was a one-on-one thing, connection, and we're able to spend more time together and do reading. So I know her reading has gone well above what it has been. Well, because, you know, me and my time and my 157 students, I was not able to be hand in hand with my own child because I have two. And so I was homeschooling the four year old, uh, her preschool, pre-K four. And then the first grader was downstairs on her virtual. Okay, so I didn't turn in all her assignments, which, okay, I didn't. However, if I'm receiving emails at the 12th grade high school level that these kids can't receive a zero and we have to give them a 50 for work they haven't even done. And my child, lovely, lovely child that's going to virtual and all that good stuff and logging on. She's seven, <laughs> seven years old. And um, you feel the nerve to, you know, put an E on her report card because of something I didn't do. Not because she's not reading on first grade level, not because she's not comprehending on first grade level, but because I didn't turn in two writing assignments that you watched her do. You watched her do, but her parent didn't do it. So that's a form of bullying. And so when I addressed it, we had to go back and forth about it as far as the teacher, because you didn't implement any kind of um, any kind of remediation, any kind of, uh, okay, how are we going to recover this child or anything? No, you just slapped two E's on a child who you know full well because we've talked. And so she knows I'm in Norfolk Public School System just as well as she's in Norfolk Public School System. But yet we're, we're operating on two different levels for some reason, right? So I had to go in and I had to let her know first, you're not going to play my child like that. <laughs> Second, you need to remember why you're in in the classroom, because it's not to label any children. It's not to put any E or fail a child. 
because their parent didn't do something or because you want them to act. And I feel like grades are a form of bullying because I use them like that in high school, at the high school level. When I want a child to act, okay, let me put this on here so they can, they can give me my work. It's a form of bullying. I know that I'm able to admit that. However, that these are high schoolers and these are young adults that we still want them to function and be able to do something or turn in something. I get that. So let me, let me, let me um, just pause oh, real sorry, quick. Yes, so I feel like, I feel like what I hear you saying is what you experience here is not kind of a, a one, a one off scenario that this is likely what dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of black children are experiencing, not just as a function of virtual learning, but in general. And Every so, day. And do you understand yeah. what it means for a child to get an E? Do you see, do you think, because my child yeah. doesn't know about a report card. She don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. about those grades. No, no, I get it. I, mean, I, but I do also you, have a background in education, right? I was a yes, teacher. So I get it. So, so your your entrepreneurship is a function of recognizing that, okay, there's a need out here that is going unmet. Yes. And see with the homeschool curriculum, I really just want to give it away because I just want, <laughs> look, I, I know and I understand that's why I'm writing and that's why I got my books and all that good stuff because the homeschool, I just want people to understand that there's options and choices. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to do something. And that's where we, we come to a point where people really think they don't have choices out here. We yeah. have choices in everything. Here's a question. You were talking about giving it away. Yeah, the curriculum itself, I want it to be available and um, people to able to access it because that's all it takes for a homeschool is for you to provide your district with a curriculum. So I don't want that to be something that people have to pay for because that's that that defeats the purpose. Um, The fact I want teachers to be able to provide resources on that platform so that parents are able to access those and pay for those because I do understand teachers and, you know, other educators and all that. People need to get paid. I get that. So everything can't be free. But the curriculum, I do want that to be accessible to everyone because that's that's the start. That's all they ask for. So and they actually only ask for a list of subjects. Right. But let me let me toss this out. Um, Mm -hmm. Devil's advocacy. Right. I know. Go ahead. (laughs) Can every parent afford to homeschool? No. Okay. I do understand that wholeheartedly, nor does every parent want to homeschool. And I understand that and appreciate it because you shouldn't know your limits. Um, it needs to be community-based. My child loves school. My, my first grader, she loves school. Uh, she loves communicating with others, socializing and all that good stuff. So we go to the park a lot for, you know, interaction peer-wise. But I feel like it just needs to be more community-based. I talk to a lot of people. Um, I do know that they have some uh, community groups in Norfolk that are church based mm-hmm. um, that have already started and whatnot. Community based. Are you talking about the kind of thing where uh, maybe parents are just rotating the responsibility? Maybe I got math on Mondays. Yes, ma'am. Tuesdays kind of thing. That way nobody's having to kind of like Overload. give up their entire career. Yes, ma'am. Um, because it should take a village. We got to go back to the village. Everyone yeah. has, you know, taken going back in home and forgot about their neighbor. But we got to we can't forget about the neighbor because your neighbor going to interact with your child. So and that's why I'm always like 
you, everyone wants to focus in on their child, their child, their child. Your child is not going to be in your home for so long. Your child got to go out here with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure you put into everyone else too. And it's, it's about love. <laughs> Look, it's about love and going back to that and us loving each other enough to know that we need support in all that we do. And that's the village. And it should be about the children in the future because that's what we have and that's what we're building always. So it's like, what we're doing all this for if it's not for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got you. It makes sense. Um, I'm of a similar mindset. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'll ask this, you know, talk about the glow up box and okay. what, what a self love subscription is. It sounds it sounds like something amazing to receive on a monthly basis. Like, oh, yeah, so I made a couple of prototypes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I made some prototypes and I made a couple of videos and all that good stuff with them opening it. So I love the reaction. I just love, I'm a Libra, right? So let's start there. I'm very indecisive when it comes to gift giving, right? So okay. I always like to make baskets of things. And that's always been my thing to make a basket of some, somebody's favorite things. So with the glow up box, it's like, okay, if I can take everyone's little personality, what they, what they like, what they're trying to, their goals that they have in mind, the things that they want to put back into themselves and put all that into a box. And it's like a ooh surprise. And I see how my children act when they open up them little LOL surprises and all that mess. So it's like, okay, let's, let's get adults some surprises because everyone wants surprises are fun so the self-love and self-healing and putting back into yourself is important right now because we get drained and the world takes a lot out of us and we can't give out what we don't have so if we don't have self-love then we don't have love to give out so it has to start with yourself and that's why it's like okay let's remind remind black women in general um to um to begin with how important they are and remind them to keep on focusing on themselves and putting back into themselves. Cause they are like the foundation. Black women are, are it. I'm just going to look, we're going to keep it clean and I'm going to keep it there. But They are, they are beautiful. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be reminded of that beautifulness. Cause there's a lot that, that tells us otherwise on a day-to-day basis, hour to hour sometimes. So yeah. I just feel that this is definitely needed to pour back into ourselves. We got to, Put our, sometimes it's, it's necessary to be selfish and put ourselves first. And this is, I feel like this is worth it. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So how, <laughs> how do you envision the subscription box working? Is it like where, cause I think about some of the box, some of the subscription services where, you know, you do get to kind of customize it to the, the to the degree that you're able to share some of your likes, wants, preferences. You know, I like leopard print, but I don't like plaid, you know, that kind of thing. And then from there, you're curating this box based on the person's um, preferences, or is it just kind of like on the Oprah's favorite things tip, where it's like every month I'm putting together some things that I feel like black women need to be exposed to just across the board. Well, okay, so that it kind of goes both ways, right? So I created a questionnaire that women will fill out at to begin so that we'll get a sense of their personality, their likes, dislikes, like you said, things that they're into, um, even uh, needs, you know. um, But then we also have, because I do want to introduce Black vendors, Black female vendors, uh, and Black 
male vendors too. Not one even limited to females, but I've only been interacting with a lot of females lately. So I want, that's why I said black females, but I want to introduce at least four black, um, vendors monthly also. So I want them to be the feature and I want to do a little write up, little bio so that they can get exposure and we can get out there as far as, you know, um, creating trends and having us become trends, having our products become trends and whatnot. Exposure is everything. I know that. And however we can market and go about partnershiping and working together. That's what I like to do. That's my village. Um, going back to my village because I always felt like community, teamwork, make the dream work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the four basic uh, products from a vendor, um, just whatever they're offering. And then I want to fill it up with um, at least four to eight other things uh, that relates to that person in general. But each box is customized. Each, Even the, the um, design of the box is one of a kind. So, yeah. It's, it's, wow. it's pretty dope. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know, and that's why I'm like, I'm trying to figure out the logistics. But to start off, we're only doing 40 subscriptions. So for the month okay. of August, when we launch, we're only um, launching with 40 women. So I want, because I want it to be as it is, and I don't want to overdo. I don't want it to make be cheap or generic or rushed or anything like this has been I've been working on this little baby for a minute so I'm just taking my time and everything's coming to coming together just awesomely yeah it sounds awesome it sounds like something to which I would subscribe (laughs) Uh, because like you said you know (laughs) that whole surprise element is is really cool and I do think that I think black women know and understand and see other black women, you know? Um, so, so really cool. Kudos to you on, on that particular initiative. When should we expect it to come to the market? Um, I'm hoping that we will have all the logistics figured out by the end of this month. And the first launch will be August 15th. August 15th. Wow. Congrats to you. And certainly Thank you. You have a number of programs. If you need some support in getting that off the ground, definitely reach yes, out. Yes, please. I, I talked to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I spoke with um, someone this morning from Charge B because I was looking for like a billing platform. But yes, if I, yes, I love teamwork. Teamwork. (laughs) I definitely need um, any assistance that's out there. I'm all for it. I love learning um, through anyone who has been through, you know, experience wise. So yeah, whatever you have to offer, please offer. Awesome. Awesome. And so are you making your collection of writings accessible to the public as of now? Are you blogging? Like what's the, what's the plan? For okay. So I do have a blog called, but can you read though that blog? Um, that is my little grown, grown, um, shadow work. Me talking sh- is stuff, uh, <laughs> on there, yeah. but I also have glowing up dot blog. That's my everything creates creative, uh, positive, confident, all that good stuff, which the subscription box is located up there also. Um, but as far as my writing, my book is available on smashwords.com right now. Stop S and settling. Um, okay. and the hard copies I hope to have by the end of this week, and they should be available on the but can you read the blog also and smashwords.com so mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Exciting. Okay. And then what about just personally being able to reach you? Are you doing social media and all of that? How can- I do have some, look, I started social medias last year for, um, glowing okay. Look, okay. Not, that, what is it? Glowing up. I think it's going up one on Instagram, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Going up one, maybe. Or no, it's going up dot publications. LLC. Is Glow, it that? Spell that out. So we can G-L-O-N-U-P. And then it's publications. G-L-O-N-U-P. Publication dot publications. P U B L I C A. T-I-O-N-S. That is a beautiful thing. Thank you. That's okay. Man, I certainly appreciate having you on the show today, Jay. Thank um, you. I hope man. I didn't get too off focus. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good because we are all of these things. And a lot of times we will compartmentalize, right? You know, I'm, I'm focused. This is, this is it right here. And the reality is that's not how we come to the table, right? We come with everything that we are. So I appreciate you being willing to be transparent about not just you know, what you built and what you're building, but also why you're building what you're building based on your own experience. I mean, I think that's, that's, that story is what makes it, that's what resonates with other humans, you know? So um, never be ashamed to tell that story. It's been fun, Jay. Um, thank, thank you. you for your time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely will invite you back as things progress and we can talk more about that box and get it in the hands of our listeners. Welcome back. It's the 135th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We are talking now with Cherie Johnson. She is the founder of Giving with a Golden Hand. Her passion is serving the community and making a difference, which she's doing with her nonprofit, whose vision is to meet the needs of the underserved community members, often overlooked by larger nonprofit organizations. Welcome, Cherie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and thank you for all that you do (laughs) with giving with a golden hand. I've only recently become aware of your organization and just um, I'm just amazed by what you by what you manage to pull off on a daily basis for the community. So talk to us a little bit about the vision for the organization. The vision. My vision is it's big. Um, I see myself in the next five years, uh, not just being in Virginia, but in another state. That's how big I want it to be. Um, my vision is to help our underserved and overlooked communities, um, just to name a few. You know, I'm in Virginia Beach, so I do have Atlantis Apartments, Friendship Apartments, Twinkie Apartments. My goal is to bring us into their community and show them a better way and show them a better light. Um, I don't know, you know, if a lot of people watch the news, but in them communities is a lot that happens in them communities and I just want the kids to see something positive um, I want the kids to see the people actually care um, a lot of people don't go into them neighborhoods because of you know the, the negative image but I want people to go into the neighborhoods and show them that we do care about them youth um, and hopefully you know the adults will be better leaders and change um, one day yeah so that's my yeah that's I my know point. you mean about um <laughs> You know, there's kind of like levels, right? You have you have nonprofits that just claim they work with, you know, they work with those that are hungry or they may work with veterans. Um, but I think it's it's a different scale when you say, no, we're going to go into 
the communities that have been hardest hit or we're going to go into the communities where there's the greatest amount of poverty or we're going to go into the communities where there is, let's just say, you know, violence on the news on the regular basis um, and an attempt to work with those populations. Kudos to you. You know, you're definitely like you said, you're doing something that um that not many are, are willing to do. What has been the impact um, of your organization in some of these communities? Um, the kids are excited. They, they run up to you and um, just for Easter, um, we gave out a hundred pair of Nikes and Easter baskets. Um, so some of them, that was new pair of shoes that you know they didn't have. So they were happy. Um, I let the parents come to the office because I have an office and they got to pick the Easter baskets out and they are all of the Easter baskets. Um, just the stories I get from the parents inboxing me saying, you know, they didn't know where their kids was going to get, you know, an Easter basket. So something so simple as an Easter basket to us is like no big deal. But to a lot of families, it means a lot. Um, so that's my greatest, um, not even being seen, just the, when people inbox me and tell me what difference it made for their child. Um, I try not to meet the families, but a couple families I did meet for Easter and it brought tears to my eyes. So um, that's the greatest impact. And then for thanks, Thanksgiving last year, um, I gave out over 400 turkeys last year. And um, I was set up in a location in Virginia Beach and a, a lady came and um, I had gift cards because I collected gift cards from Food Line because gift card, Food Line give you gift cards. And um, I was saving them and this one lady came and she had no food and she was hungry. So I gave her like the gift cards, all the gift cards I had. Um, and she was just crying and she's like people are not like you and I said there's people like me um, she just sat there and cried and cried and cried and it was a blessing to me it's a blessing to be a blessing and to watch somebody else be blessed because again once you go in your house Miss Blair once I go in my house no one knows about the battles that we fight um, and right. to see somebody else you know blessing or smile and people are very thankful people are thankful um, just someone telling you thank, thank you it means so much. So um, the yeah. impacts of giving something to somebody who don't have what you have. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, by providing another layer of support to these families, um, you're closing a gap. Right. And it's not it's not necessarily that the children have to have Easter baskets, but. Um, just the fact that there's another, again, another resource means that there's somewhere else that they can turn to in a time of need. Right. And your organization is stepping up to be that, to be that resource. Um, wow. Again, kudos, (laughs) kudos to you. So I know you have a group as well, where you're helping to provide resources and support to other nonprofit organizations. Can you talk a little bit about that group? Yes, I started a group on Facebook as a messenger group where we all come together. Um, so one of the incidents happened was I would give you my last. and You ain't got to tell me why or when. So when I started my nonprofit, I didn't know all the the all the it's a learning process every day. So it was a situation where about four of us in the same group was helping to one family and she was getting a lot from us. So I said, you know what, let me start a group where we all could come together. And if we all help somebody, we can add to that person's give instead of just giving that person so much separate stuff so in the group we we you know share each other events um we support each other Nonprofit is not a competition it's all about helping each other if you're in it for the right reasons your goal should be truly to help so i formed a group so we can help each other and there's areas a lot of areas that i lack in or i don't know 
where I can reach in a group and someone can pull it out from. Or if someone in the group need volunteers or I need volunteers, I can pull in a group and they can help. Um, I could say that group has supported me. They, they share anything that anybody has, flyers. And I always tell people, supporting is not always financial. Supporting could be a share. Because if you can't do it, it can reach the right person. They can bless my organization and everybody's organization. So the whole group was the, the power of share and supporting each other. It's about supporting each other. And like you said, everyone nonprofit is different. So mine just happened to be, I have my hands in a lot of things. And someone just might be you know, focused on homeless. Well, I can send them directly to that person and she can help them in that group. So um, the, the group is a blessing. Um, and I'm excited about the group and we definitely can help each other. It's about networking and trying to win and help our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Um, nonprofits supporting one another. Ultimately, you know, they say that, what is it? 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. <laughs> so what I think about the group is like, these are the worker bees and they're helping the other worker bees. Um, we need that kind of support when we're operating nonprofits for sure. So what tell me about, Sheree, what is sustaining these efforts? Right. A lot of times we start nonprofits and it is just it's us. It's all the leader. It's it's our heart. It's our drive. It's our money. It's our time. Like, how are we going to see to it? Because with a with a vision as large as yours, like how are we going to see to it that we're really able to sustain and scale the nonprofit? First of all, I'm sustained by being underneath you because I'm definitely going to learn <laughs> and grow. Um, I believe when you attach yourself with people who's winning and they're and they're you're going to grow. You have no choice but to grow. I can't lag because I'm learning information from you and your group. So I'm definitely going to say this has helped me as well to you know kickstart myself. Um, I listen to your stories of where you've been and where you're at now. Um, I don't expect to have everything I need for my nonprofit this year or maybe next year. But within five years, every goal I set for myself, I'm going to have. So I know it's baby steps. So I know I'm not going to just save the world in this, in my one year time. Um, So I do, you know, I do have a lot of fundraisers on Facebook, you know, through the Facebook, I do have a lot of community donations and I thank God for the communities that they trust in me and believe in me that they know I'm going to do the right thing. Um, I'm starting to, um, have other people help me to get myself out there as far as getting learning other things about the nonprofit. Cause let me tell you, when I got the nonprofit, my goal was just to help the community by any means necessary. Right. And I had two jobs. So after, out of the jobs came a community. So I was taken from my household. So that's what made me change my mindset. So, um, I believe, yeah. and I'm always going to believe a firm believer that, um, if God gives you something, he's going to help you manifest it. And I speak it to myself that I'm going to be okay and financially okay to help the community. So um, right now I depend on the community's need, but that's not going to be my goal always. I'm always thinking of other ways to get, you know, you learn grants. Um, Actually tuning into your seminar is helping me. Um, I know one of your seminars you had, I had my grant writer online and she was able to, you know, listen to stuff as well. So um, I just feel like the funds are going to come. Um, I definitely want to get myself out there to more of the, um, circuit because a lot of people know me in my community. Um, they call me the um, Nipsey Hustle our time in our area because I do so much for people but I want other people to know me as well. So I definitely have to get myself out there to other organizations that see me um, and who knows they might uh, sell into my organization. So I'm going um, to keep doing me, keep getting out here reaching the people and um, 
And um, I just believe God's going to send the right people and they're blessed to give a way to go to hands and we can bless more people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think a big part of it is, you know, articulating that impact, really understanding the difference that you are making in these communities and then being able to communicate that. That's your grant proposal. You know what I mean? That is your sustenance. That is your scalability. Um, So I'm just excited to be on the journey with you, really, because so many more communities need you. You know, I think about Hampton Roads alone. You know, there are probably 40 or 50 Twin Canals or, you know, some of the ones that you work through um, that could utilize your resources. And ultimately, that's what that's what growing the nonprofit is about. Right. Growing, growing the reach, doing more of the great work, getting more of the volunteers, you know, uh, multiplying the number of Nikes that you're able to provide and so forth. So again, you know, I'm excited, like I said, to be on the journey. This week, our Nonprofit Leadership Academy is all about how to write a grant proposal. So we're going to go through it step by step. I would definitely urge you and your grant writer to be on. Um, and anybody else, you know, you can get more information about the Leadership Academy by visiting our website, blackbrand.biz. Um, we do have a huge focus on nonprofits, recognizing that I want to say only 86 percent. Um, I take that back. 86 percent of nonprofits don't scale. So that leaves just a handful that manage to figure out um, how to truly become community based organizations that have everything that they need to execute their budget and so forth on an annual basis. And so, Sheree, I want to see you one of them, you know? Yes, ma'am. I want to be one of them. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, definitely we are um, connected at the hip. (laughs) So as the nonprofit grows, I definitely want to have you back on the show to talk about the progress that you're making and all of the things, Um, you know, once you're able to get out of the state of Virginia, what a what a story that will be, you know, how you got to that point. So let's definitely have you back. Yes, ma'am. Cool. Please, as we're closing, provide your contact information for anybody that's looking to volunteer, anybody that's looking to donate. Um, Please share your info. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram with Giving with a Golden Hand. Um, Also, we have our, I mean, our website is givingwithagoldenhand.org. Um, please check that out for updated information. The Cash App is PayPal, given with a golden hand. Also, um, Cash App is with a golden hands with an S. You can reach out to us, make any donations. We're also always looking for volunteers. Do have a lot of events coming up, and we're also looking for board members as well. So if you're interested, please reach out to us. Um, again, given with a golden hand, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and the website is given with a golden hand we're looking um, to have like-minded people about making change in the community. Awesome. Awesome. Giving with a golden hand at gmail.com or uh, with a golden hand S on the end uh, for that, for that cash app. Awesome. Sheree. Appreciate you today. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We will talk to you again. Huge thank you to today's guest, 
Miss Jay Carter with Glowing Up Publications. Very excited about the work that she's doing. I get more information by visiting Jay Glowing Up Black on Facebook or at Glowing Up One on Instagram. Also, a thank you to Cherie Johnson and the incredible work that you're doing with Giving with a Golden Hand. As always, a thank you to our sponsors, Milestone Mental Health Agency, Apex Financial Group of Virginia, and the COO team. Thank you for tuning in to Black Wall Street today, where we're building minds, building connections, and forging the path ahead toward business success in the Black community. This show is brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes. We do debt restructuring and we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit. We can restructure your debt. And if you're a real estate investor, I would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets. 757-932-0177. That's 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street.